name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Table of contents of this episode is that I'm going to kind of go reverse. I'm going to get into the subject. Then I'm going to do a little thing about silverback gorillas and then a story about a client, uh, a running story about a client. I'm just going to, it's like the table of contents. Okay. So page one, page 17, and then page 34, if you're counting. And actually, but not in reverse is the fact that I'm taking a sip of a bourbon. Ah, mm. mm. oh, that's a good one. Woodford something or other. It was on sale. What the hell? Hey, everybody. Um, it's uh, going to talk about social media. So here's the thing about the social media thing. Before you get your shackles up, and I've seen plenty of shackles in my my time here on the earth and never, never enjoyed them. Um, you, if you're expecting me to dis, just go on my thing about social media, it's not going to happen today. Okay. Now, you know how I feel about it. I quit everything. It was an experiment. I've never advised a client to social, to quit social media. I'm not, I'm not anti-social media. In fact, I will defend the positive parts of it because there are positive parts of it. People are, are in touch with each other. It's, there's very cool things about it. With that said, Given the sort of algorithm design of something, and I've said this from the very beginning, if you've been following me a while, you will. this will not be news to you. When we demand and expect things for free, what do you think is going to happen? So again, this is a discussion of personal responsibility more than it is about the faults of the social media uh, companies out there. Okay. Now, I, again... I quit it as an experiment. I wanted to see what it was like. My hand was literally shaking when I quit, you know, deleted things. And it's, it's, I thought, well, I'll just come back to it. And I just enjoyed not doing that. And it's, again, do it or don't do it. But as a coach and in this podcast, what I will say is understand the nature of it. Understand that it has addictive qualities to it, like junk food. And that's the thing that I put it. I put it in the exact same pocket and area as junk food with my clients. I'm like, listen, this is a thing. It's got addictive, like it's fun. Now and then it's a treat. Pop on, pop off, stay in touch with people. Super cool. But if you're in the just the big end, you're mean and I don't like you and I can be extra tough because I'm not next to you and I don't have to be an asshole in person. You're probably on it too much. Uh, okay, but anyways, I was reading this um, article and and um, I want to read this to you because this is, as a parent, super freaking deserving. So this is a quote. Thou this is New York Times. Thousands of accounts examined by the Times did a um, did an investigation of Instagram. Okay, and by the way, the better of the ones, T Twitter, and every every time now you see the word X in an article, it says previously referred to as Twitter. When do we stop that nonsense? Can we just say X? And if somebody doesn't know it, who cares? I mean, it's like artists formerly known as print prints. Just put the thing and the thing. If they don't know it, they, they can Google it. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, thousands. Okay. Here, here's a quote. Thousands of accounts examined by the times. They can just call themselves the times. They don't have to say New York times offer disturbing insights into how social media is reshaping childhood, especially for girls. With direct, here, so so here's the thing. It says how social media is reshaping childhood. That's that's immediately the the, the statement that I'm going to take exception with because they then go on to write with direct parental encouragement and involvement. Sit down for this next one. Uh, if you're in a car, just you're already sitting, so you're good. Quote: Some parents are the driving force 
behind the sale of, wait for it, photos, exclusive chat sessions, and even the girls' worn leotards and cheer outfits to mostly unknown followers. But yes, it is social media reshaping childhood. And then it goes, that was me. And then it goes, quote, the most devoted customers spend thousands of dollars nurturing the underage relationships. Gosh, definitely the social media companies. There's no way that parents are at fault for this. And we should, you know, Zuckerberg should fly to to Washington, D.C. and sit in front of Congress and get lambasted by a bunch of guys who want to, and women who want to look really good on camera and then do nothing about anything ever. I don't care what party you're in. Good God. So this is, I did the calculations, 97.4% on the parents. It is so easy in this culture to blame everything else but you. Your relationship is somebody else's fault. Your children not doing well at school is the school's fault. And look, is there sometimes fault or a partial fault? Of course. And that's why it's called the social media conundrum, because this isn't black and white, but we want to make it black and white. And that's my problem with it. My problem is, is that we look at it and go, those companies are all evil. Look, maybe they do some stuff that is not cool. And I do know that. And I quit YouTube for a long time because of their children, their policies and what they were doing with children's videos. And I just quit it for a while until they fixed the deal. And then I came back on. But to just out of hand dismiss the the companies when it is, what are your kids doing? Do you know what they're doing? Do you know what you're doing? Are you aware? Are you setting a stage for awareness and communication with yourself and with your kids and whoever's the deal? It is too easy to cast blame. If you come at your life with a, here's a problem, how can I fix it attitude? It's always going to be a better thing for you. It's You're going to win in the end with that kind of attitude. Even when on the surface, it may not be something that you can fix, but when you come at it from, how can I fix this? My re- my relationship isn't good. What can I do better? What can I, well, they should be in, th- okay, that's super easy to do, but what can I do better? And I really do think that in this case, and this isn't studied, and I didn't actually do the calculations, but I would say most of the responsibility lies on the individuals and the parents not the social media companies, because we have the choice to regulate our time on these uh, platforms and we have to, and we have the power to regulate our time with junk food, for instance. We can do the hard work of this. We really, really can. And not only that, we're happier when we do, but we don't because we go, their fault and my job sucks and so I'm gonna eat cheese pizza every night. Okay, but... What if you said, why do I need the cheese pizza all the time? Why am I letting my body go to shit? Why am I mistreating myself? What is it in my life? Is there, are there places I can fix? And when you even just do the littlest things to try to fix something, the game changes right away. If you're thinking, oh, it's too much work. Well, then, you know, that's why I'm a small stepper because you could do something today to just begin that process. I just did a book event in Sacramento uh, yesterday. And if you're, it's Sacramento, but it's a Arrested Development uh, ref, ref, reference. And I just always call it Sacramento. That's just kind of what comes out of my mouth. Anyway, Sacramento. And this guy's like, what, how do I start? And I was like, you just get out on a trail and you don't even run. You know, the guy's like, I've never run before. What do I do? I go, you get out on a trail. If you, you walk around, notice stuff. Don't take a watch. Don't upload to Strava. You take a, just get on the trail and walk around and if you feel like running a little bit and i mean 10 feet 
just do that. Just pick it up and just like, what would that feel like? Just, just that's it. Get get out. You, you heard my last episode, maybe data. The whole data thing. Get out. If you're if you're if you're free from, and I mean free. If you're free from that stuff, there's just no limit. It's amazing what you can do when you get out and you don't have to worry about data points and times, and you just go out to experience something, even if it's for 20 minutes. Incredible. And that's a hop, skip, and a jump between that and an ultra marathon. I'm not even kidding. It's like six months later, you're running an ultra. And if you think that's an exaggeration, it's not. On that note, mm, pick up yourself a copy of Ultra Running for Normal People. Life lessons are not off the trail. He's selling. Yes, I'm selling the book. God, do I have to? I don't have to apologize for him. I wrote a book. Yeah, I think you. it would be a real nice addition to your library. You know, when you have one with those sliding ladders, well, slide on over to you or G if it's by last name. I don't know how you organize your damn books. Uh, by the way, if you do a review of the book um, soon, you know, uh, and you email podcast at sidgarzahillman.com proof that you left a review, I will invite you to an exclusive uh, like hangout Zoom thing where we'll discuss... I emailed the mailing list and I, it was in order of like running music, coffee, and uh, I, I, maybe whiskey. I don't even remember, but it wasn't, it was just like, whatever. These are my preferred subjects. Hmm. Um, my, one of my clients, ex, ex client did the intensive and running and stuff. He gave me permission to tell the story because I just love it. So he texted me uh, yesterday. Now, some of my clients have become kind of like friends and that's really the only reason i'll be honest why i coach is is because to make friends that's that's it that's it i just like hey i'll work with you wink wink then i'll have i can call you a friend you know like i can have a friend does that sound sad he texted me out of the blue and he goes proud to tell you he, he said like i was one of the only people he would tell this to but he was out for a run and he he said i wanted to tell you how slow i went on my eight miler that he did and he was telling me how to how slow because he knows that I appreciate that. He knows that that's a win for me. He knows because he knows that when he does it that slow, it feels really good and he can go that distance and feel really nice about it. While he's out running his run, minding his own business, I'm assuming, um, a kid yelled from the apartment window, from an apartment window, you call that running? And my client responded, I do. And he wrote my client without breaking my stride for a second. That's what he wrote. Now, the reason why this is significant, first of all, because I love it because he's like, yeah, I do. And I, I just love the, um, the kid just yelling out the window. You call that. <sighs> Anyways, but the client was like, I'm, let's call him. I'm going to just call him lukewarm for the, because I don't want to use his real name. Lukewarm uh, is um, he goes this, that kind of comment would have really tanked me like that would have been a problem in the past he, he he wrote that it probably would have stopped him potentially from training like he would have it would have, he would have been bothered by it enough to where he would have said screw it and the growth of somebody to that level where he not only goes yeah i do and just keeps on keeping on and then realizes later that he didn't give a crap that's the coolest thing that's why i love my job by the way because it's not like a before and after photo where somebody goes, look, my scale's 72 pounds less. <laughs> it's like this thing of like, oh shit, that didn't bother me. You kind of re you kind of realize it after or almost or like just soon after you're like, oh, I didn't feel, I don't feel bothered by it. It's, I've had clients time and time again 
just go like yeah and i noticed i didn't care it's kind of like this sort of like again i always say unsexy but it's like this kind of just oh well that's kind of cool i didn't get i just didn't i didn't snack I just walked to my kitchen. I didn't snack. I didn't feel like snacking. I walked out and I go. I went and worked on my novel, like that kind of stuff. It's the coolest thing ever. Hard work to get there, by the way. Hard work. best work, best work, but hard work. It helps if you blame someone else for all the things that are going on with you. That's again, this. That's how I coach people. I'm like, listen, who can you put this on? Because it's so much better. Just keep eating your cheese pizza and just have somebody else take the burden off you. My God. Mm. But I love the, you call that running. Like what, what is happening in our society where like somebody's just going for a run and it's not fast enough. And that's the thing about it. That kid was, was talking about the speed and we have a certain marker of a definitional kind of like, this is what running is. It has to look like this and it has to be that fast. And again, come back to that data thing. And I was thinking like, first of all, how's that working for us? How's the you have to push, how's the no pain, no gain thing working for us? Now, by the way, on some level, I agree with no pain, no gain. I just define pain differently. I don't think that pushing yourself in a stressful way physically, I was just watching this short from Rhonda Patrick. I can't, she's I'm not into it, not into it. But she was like, the most important thing you can do is get a sweat, exercise. I'm like, no, exercise is important, but it's not the most important at all. It's diet, first of all, is has a way, way bigger effect on your health than exercise does because there's not a single wild animal that exercises for the for crying out loud. So this idea that we have to do HIT training and CrossFit and, and, and all this kind of interval pushing the crap out of ourselves is not true. It is stress inducing, but that's what we think. And how's it working for us? We're getting less healthy as a species. We're getting less healthy as a species. Do we need to exercise? Of course, but how no pain no gain yes but pain as i define it is the pain of do you have to do hard work to move your life forward yes that's how i define pain is you do have to get off the couch there's no doubt about it but if you think pain is a hit training where your heart rate goes through the roof for 30 seconds and then not and that you have to do that seven times a week i don't agree with that at all and physiology doesn't agree with that at all by the way and i just think Thank God. Here's why I'm super thankful for that wild animals can't talk. I'm so happy they can't. Can you imagine the comments that they would leave on social media if they could type and talk? They would, it would be devastating. We would read their comments. They have got to think that we are idiots. I mean, if they're communicating non-verbally, they must be just looking, looking at us just brutal. You know, just you just, it would be something like you guys, it probably like Southern, like you guys, I'll tell you, you're dumb. You're dumb. You can't do anything right. We, you are messing your lives up and you're messing our lives up and you're messing our whole environment up. And it's your dumb, you're dumb. Uh, that's my guess. Uh, I just, the way they look at us, have you ever seen the way like animals look, especially in a zoo? They are not, they're judgy. They're totally judgy. Um, so I'm just happy that they can't. This t- comments would be super scathing. On the note of wild animals, however, I have been talking about, uh, uh, you know, because protein comes up 17,000 times a day and in classes and everything. But I've, I've been over the year, over the last couple of years, I've been kind of obsessed with silverback gorillas because they're so badass and they're so strong. And they, 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 they estimate that they could bench press like 1,500 pounds. Like they're just so, you've seen them. They're so powerful. 
And so I was doing some research on them just to just to like double check stuff, what they eat in zoos, what they eat in the wild, things like that. So I found this like silverback gorilla tour guide site and i and then i've looked it up on national geographic and i've looked it up in many places so it's corroborated in multiple places anyways this is what it, this is what it said and I, the end is the best okay um quote silverback gorillas in general and by the way this is the conversation why i have because i'm like okay so you're worried about protein and you're going to eat you know uh meat or eggs calling that protein by the way but whatever there's other stuff besides that or you're going to do some like whey protein or pea protein or soy protein i don't care what's vegan or not it's all shit so then you come back to this silverback gorillas in gen- just super powerful silverback gorillas in general eat mainly plants this can consist of fruits shoots and leaves i don't know shoots can they just a little bit shoots okay quote they also love ter- love I don't know if they can say that. Love termites, ants, and certain insects. Do they love them? I don't know if they love them. I don't know if they're like, damn, if we can get some termites in here, this would be amazing. Quote, mountain gorilla silverback diet is slightly different. It consists of mainly stems and leaves. They may also feed on fungi, flowers, and bark. The season, rainy or dry, determines which kind of food is prevalent. In general, mountain gorillas live a life of plenty because they are exposed to a greater variety of vegetation than the other gorilla subspecies. Okay, that's all fine. But it's like plants. So no no refined plant, no refined protein powders, no virtually no meat, some insects that get their B12 and all that kind of stuff. Isn't the last sentence, isn't it odd that such massive and strong creatures do not eat meat? That's what it said in the thing. Isn't it odd that such massive and strong creatures do not eat meat? I'm like, with five minutes of nutritional information, it's actually not odd. It's like, yeah, that totally makes sense. But isn't that hilarious? They just had to get that little dig in there. Isn't that odd? <clears throat> and lastly, I'm all over the place on this episode. Do you know why I can't? You know why? Because it's what Sid thinks. Mm. It's just, you know, here's what I want you to do. Question the conversation. Question the conversation. Here's what I mean. There's a lot of talk out there, for instance, about what kind of foods make you more satisfied? Yes, there is some research showing that when you eat protein like animal, pro- I, again, I have a bone to pick when somebody says protein because you always ask them, question the conversation, what do you mean by, just say, when they say, you got to, are you getting enough protein? What do you mean by that? Just make sure you, what do you mean by that? Because do they mean spinach and soybeans and quinoa and beans and even fruit a little bit and, you know, brown rice and whatever, kale massive protein source but what do they mean by that but there's some science showing that you know when you eat animal protein there's a a satisfied feeling but fiber also obviously makes you feel satisfied the fiber makes you feel full but to me and the work i do is i sort of back out of that and go okay but the whole question is satisfaction that's the question the question is satisfaction it isn't health it's what makes you feel satisfied and that is a a, a, a beyond this even particular episode, probably somewhat in all my episodes, even of my last show, Approaching the Natural Podcast, this question of that is what we're looking for, satisfaction. We are afraid to feel slightly hungry. We are worried about that. I'm starving. No, you're not, most likely, if you're listening to a podcast. You're probably not starving. So this question of what makes you feel satisfied, question that. Why do you have to, what happens if you eat something and you're full and maybe a little bit longer, later you feel hungry? What happens? 
If you have to feel satisfied all the time and you're looking to find the food, not to make you healthy, not to make you happy, but to make you satisfied, question that conversation that you're having. Question the weight loss conversation that you're having. There's a lot of stuff on the internet that looks like health, but it's not. It's about weight loss. And those two things are not the same. They can be. You can treat yourself really, really well and nourish your body and your body will hit a healthy weight. There's no doubt about that. But you can also try to just focus on losing weight. And that's a different conversation. And sometimes those lines are blurred. I've seen many people talk about, you do eat this and this ramps up your metabolism and this slows your metabolism down. There's no discussion of health in that discussion. It seems like it, but it's not. So question the conversation that is out there. But this idea of satisfaction, what's going to make you more sad? Who cares? Are you getting enough calories? Do you have treats so that you're not militant about food? Are you getting in general enough? Do you sleep well and you exercise well? Can you go on a run or can you do the things you need to do? Are you exhausted all the time and irritable? Satisfied. What makes you feel satisfied? Who gives a crap? Are you getting enough good food in your body most of the time? And then we can stop talking about that and actually get into the kind of cooler things. I want to know, are you writing a book, painting? doing guitar? Are you running an ultra marathon and leaving your watch at home because you want to be outside and look around at stuff and notice stuff? That's kind of cool. I've been doing these talks for my book. And I ne- when people come up to me and go, I did a 50K last year. I did a 50 mileage. I never ask what time. I never say, how fast did you do it? You know why? Because I don't care. I actually don't care. What I care about is that they did it. I go, that's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Don't care. They might want me to ask. I ain't going to ask because I don't actually care. I go, that's incredible. But it took me 18 hours. Good. Amazing. Look what you did. How cool. You tested yourself and you got out there on a trail. Do you think I care what time you did on a 50K? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't care. I don't even, couldn't even tell you that times of mine. I don't pay attention. I'm launching. I, have an, I had an idea today on a run because I don't run with things in my ears. No watch running. Trademark. No watch running. No watch running. I'm, I'm going to start a little group of people. I'm going to launch a website. No watch running unless somebody took that URL already. And this is all happening in real time. And, but I'm seeing I'm going to nail down the URL before I post the podcast. You know why? Because I got that kind of, that's the game I have. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for um, for listening today. See, I finished with the thank yous. I totally went in reverse today. You know why? Because I can. Got a new Patreoner this week. If you guys feel like doing the Patreon thing, hey, that's cool. I really appreciate that on a, on a super, super level. Check the show notes for stuff about working with me as a coach and the small step. The online program's happening. It's kind of cool. So that's kind of cool. And then um, Patreoner and didn't get a copy of the book. I'll try it for normal people. Why wouldn't you? All right, guys. Peace out. Did you give up? Did you give in? Did you fracture and split? Did you undo everything? I never did. I never did. Did you crack and fret? Did you went away? Did you live beneath a fiery rose? Well, I, I, I never did. I never did. I never did.
I never did Roll around the curves down straightaways Obstacles are nothing but in the way Both of us standing in blindsided Knowing what's wrong and everything's so far away Far away So far 